My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Dearest, dearest man of 40-plus, my queerly beloved men, we are about to dive into a really fun conversation today about a lot of different things, because sometimes... As gay and queer men, we need to open up the discussions about what's going on in the world, how we feel about it, where can we find some respite and retreat to regenerate ourselves and revive ourselves, and to just see, hey, how might we better fully be living our lives? And I can't think of a better person to bring into this than a fellow coach who we've been involved in a group of men called the Gay Coaches Alliance for a few years. And we met through that. And then we had a great conversation about business and all that sort of stuff. And then I said, you know what? I think with what you do and the, your approach to retreats and everything, I think we should have a conversation on 40 plus. His name is Will Fisher. He is the host of Queerly Beloved. That's the reason I said that at the beginning of the podcast. And his coaching business is called Willfully Living. And I'm just so glad to have you here, Will. After our last conversation, I was like, I can't wait to continue where we went. So thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you. Likewise, I'm delighted to be here. Yes, yes, yes. And there's so much going on right now in our lovely mm. little spinning planet. Uh, you know, mm. it's like you can either be like scared the shit fuck out of everything or go, well, it's just part of the equation. So let's just <sighs> get through this and let's mm. dab a little makeup on and put on our best drag outfit and go just love me as I am, even though some people <laughs> don't want to do that. So uh, that's right. So you've done some drag, right? Mm, yes, I love drag. My drag persona's name is Sylvia London. And it's been a big part of my coming into the full expression of myself. Drag has really been a vehicle for me to tap into some of the parts of myself that maybe were in the shadow, you know, parts of myself that mm -hmm. mm, were, were ashamed to be seen. And drag has helped me connect with those parts of myself and, uh, you know, really connect with my uh, divine feminine energy and, and feel empowered in that connection. So, yeah, drag's an important part of my life for sure. It's so interesting to hear all the rhetoric around this right now and just the mm. hate and everything that's going on, because I just want to go, you people are fucking crazy, because guess what? Every stage production, every movie set is drag. Oh, people are sure. dressing up and pretending to be something that they aren't. But what I love about drag performers is it's a full expression of some inner piece of themselves. Mm. So why are we up in arms? Well, just because we can get up in arms, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's what's pissing me off. It's like, okay, so you'll send you'll send kids in to watch a movie that's like shoot them up, bang them up, which, of course, you know, mm -hmm. they all love their guns, too. Mm -hmm. But um, you won't let them go see something that's really, truly performance art. You mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. That's a creative expression that is celebrating beauty. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of this hypocrisy, I just saw a TikTok recently and this guy was showing this video footage of this film that was a, it was serving as a benefit for the U.S. 
army and mm-hmm. it was all these drag queens and they were soldiers they were actual real life soldiers who had dressed in drag for this big production one of the actors and it was ronald reagan and it was like okay republicans look at what yes. you have done in the past and then then he brings up oh but you know you might say yeah but the, the kids aren't watching this and then in the film you see a little kid in the audience with his mom watching this drag act of all these soldiers dressed in drag it's ridiculous and it's really mm-hmm. coming from this place of fear you know there's this great fear of the decline of the patriarchy right. you know and so drag queens i think right now are taking the the bunt of that you know they're they're the target of what we can focus what they want us to focus our hate and vitriol on right. because they're striving to hold on to this patriarchy that's crumbling yes but let's go one step further There are some in our own community who are like, I don't get why we have to have this drag thing going on. I don't understand Mm. it. And Mm. I, I can feel for those people. They're like, then go be you boo. Yeah. But don't add, don't beat up somebody else in our own community. Because again, it comes back to the core of what I believe. And I'm not a huge, I'm not going to say I'm not a huge drag fan, but I'm not like opposed to it. I love it when it, I mean, I go to P town and I'm like, Oh my God, let's go. Let's go to some of the campy up shows. Cause it's, fun it's enjoyable but am i rushing out to every drag night somewhere no i just that's not my thing i and plus i don't live anywhere where that's actually happening a whole lot but um but it bothers me when i within our own community we almost become almost as hate ridden so to speak Mm. like can't we just be queer can we just be gay well even queer is like a flame sometimes for some people right and i wish we would embrace each other just as we are Mm. And that seems to be helping stoke some of these fires to some degree. Yeah. yeah. So what do you feel like as gay men over 40, mm-hmm. we can do to really help kind of squelch some of this at this stage? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. And before I, I share my opinion there, I just want to speak to the divisiveness that you just talked about, really, where it, it's like these gay and queer men who are not accepting of uh drag queens and then there's the gay and queer men who are not accepting of gay and queer men who don't like drag queens right so right. I, i've definitely seen it on both sides where yep, there's exactly. been a gay man who says like yeah i'm not really into drag and then or well, i don't really know drag race i don't watch it and then you have these men who are like how can you call yourself a gay man right. who doesn't know every drag queen who's ever been yes. on drag race right and so there's that side of the coin too well it's and, it's the typical take away your gay card right it's like i didn't know there was an issue yeah you know it's like really i I don't have one it's not in my with my passport or anything folks so um exactly yeah. and we should all be comfortable with whatever opinion or relationship we have with drag but what i hear is ultimately it's a live and let live you know yes. and we, we can't even do it within our own community um mm. you know then how can we expect the wider community to embrace all the versions of of gay and queer men that exist all the right. beautiful uh, you know, versions of gay and queerness that are under the rainbow. But so your question, you know, is around how we can move forward in a better way. And I think it really is about self-acceptance, right? I think it yes. really starts, it's, it starts from the internal journey that each of us as gay and queer men over 40 need to make sure we go on so that we take care of our own shit and we're not projecting 
whatever hate and vitriol that we feel inside onto others, right? Because I think that the 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 gay man who's chastising someone who doesn't know every drag queen on drag race also has some cleaning up to do. And the gay man who is chastising gay men who like drag and saying, oh, you give us a bad reputation. Everyone thinks that we want to be women. They've got some cleaning up to do. They've got some internalized homophobia, most likely, that needs to be addressed. I agree 100%. Mm. And what I have found as I've gone through my own like awakening to so much of this, I mean, I came out at 19, went back in the closet, came out at 36. Mm. And I remember several occasions in my first few prides where I'm like, I don't get this. I don't, I don't get I drag. I didn't, that didn't, that wasn't one of the areas, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't get the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Mm-hmm. I don't get the BDSM community and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And what I realized is this was all coming from a place of shame. Every mm-hmm. bit of it was shame that, you know, and I had a older, I had an uncle who passed away from AIDS mm-hmm. and, um, when that was all unfolding, all I heard from the family dynamics and socializing was shame, 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 mm-hmm. shame, shame, right? Plus, I had just put myself back in the closet. So as I went in, the shame started building up and up and up. So anything related to the gay community mm-hmm. was just shame. Mm-hmm. Shame and going to hell. Shame and going to hell, right? Even though in my heart and soul, I'm like, but this is who I am, you know? And I feel like this is one of the most beautiful things that as we give ourselves space to grow and and find pathways to doing that healing, whether it's through coaching or one of the things you love, which is retreats, which is something we're going to talk about too, is for some people, maybe you need that group experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe the one-on-one experience makes you really super uncomfortable. But when you have community, what I have found, and I'd love for you to expand on this too, Will, Mm -hmm. is when I have been part of not only as a participant, but as a facilitator in group experiences, especially in the group stuff, the beauty that steps forward in the heart and soul of a person, and I'm going to specifically say in the heart and soul of a gay man, Mm -hmm. is quite extraordinary to witness. Mm -hmm. Not only for what happens for them, but what happens for me as a person too, mm-hmm. because every time I've been in a retreat space, again, as a participant or as a facilitator, I am so transformed. Mm. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I'm so transformed in where I am. And it's always interesting, Will, because it shows up at just the right time for when I need it. Mm. Even when I was facilitating, I'm like, okay, let's go do this, right? We go we'll do this. We've got it figured out. I think intuitively we know that we're going to be part of that whole experience for ourselves as well. But there's a there's a certain thing. You're we're the facilitators, right? We gotta sure. mm-hmm. drive this thing forward, so to speak. Why are you so just enamored and lit up by retreats? Nothing wrong with that. I think it's absolutely amazing because yeah. I love them too. But yeah. like there's a burning desire with you because I know we've talked about mm-hmm. this. So what is it for you that really lights you up about those? Yeah, thanks. I have had such profound experiences myself from retreats. And I agree that there's something about being in that group setting that is so healing. And I think specifically for gay and queer men, that many of us have wounds around feeling like not part of the tribe, you know, feeling like other or feeling abandoned or ousted by the tribe. Many of us have bullying wounds. And so to have the opportunity to come into loving community and experience tribe in a new way 
in a heart-centered way that isn't about objectifying each other for sex, but is about appreciating each other as humans in this open-hearted, connected capacity. To me, there's so much healing in that. And then to be seen, right? To be able to mm-hmm. find the courage to self-express and to be seen and heard and appreciated it, it just is a beautiful and powerful alchemy that can happen to a person's nervous system and psyche and spirit as a result of their experiences in these settings. I also, you know, I used to run, as you know, I used to run Easton Mountain. I served as the executive yep. director of the LGBTQ retreat center in upstate New York. And I think what I became really present to was the power of leaving your default world, the power of stepping outside of your everyday experience where you have your routines and you have your patterns and you have your way of being that is expected of you. The people that you know and see every day expect you to show up in a certain way. And so to step outside of that and all the creature comforts that are associated with it into a new space, especially a space that is full of nature, you know, as most retreat centers offer, to be in that new space and with a new community where there are no expectations of who you might be and where you have the opportunity to try on different ways of being and to, you know, experiment with how you are in this new setting, in this new world. And by doing that in a safe place, you can start to discover parts of yourself that have not been expressed and ideally be able to connect with those in a way that is able to be present in your everyday life when you step back into that default world. I love that because I have been toying around with a comment that keeps showing up. And I I know now the reason it keeps showing up is because it really aligns Mm. with what you've said and what other people have been saying in my one-on-one coaching and then a couple other podcasts. Mm. And what it is, is these core values Mm -hmm. versus our core behaviors. Mm. Now there's nothing wrong with core behaviors provided. And this is where everything kind of gets buttoned up together. Mm-hmm. Is your core behavior reflecting your core values? Yes. And I keep, this is, it came up like in a podcast three or four weeks ago and I just spouted it out of my mouth. I'm like, well, but mm. I, I always wonder about, you know, if my core behaviors align with my core values, I'm like, okay, I'm writing that down. That's kind of an Oprah moment there things. Mm-hmm. But what you just said is the same thing. It's about coming into alignment. Yeah, It's about finding yourself in your truest self. And I know for many of us as gay men, that can be scary. Yeah. It can be challenging. Mm-hmm. But the beauty that comes out of it on the other side mm-hmm. is oftentimes the thing we're seeking most mm-hmm. to not feel alone, to mm-hmm. feel part of to not see ourselves as something that's shameful or disgusting or to feel like we're more than instead of less than. Mm-hmm. And I have always experienced, whether it's a gay men's retreat or I used to do on the Good Life Project camp in upstate New York as well with mm-hmm. Jonathan Fields. I would walk out of that one just lit mm-hmm. because I was with a group of other impact-driven, like-minded, entrepreneur, solopreneur, people from all over the globe, each leaving their own unique legacy footprint on the world. Mm. But if we don't make room, and I'm not, I don't think either one of us are saying everybody has to be like, you know, personal development retreat gurus go all out or none at all. 
Mm-hmm. But if we don't make space for this stuff, I often wonder, are we really growing? Mm-hmm. Are we really coming into who we are? Mm-hmm. As you work with individuals uh, in your coaching practice and you guide them towards this stuff, mm-hmm. what is a recurring theme for a lot of gay men that you've discovered? Mm. So many, so many recurring themes, but before I jump into it, I just want to, I just want to note something I heard there, which is the importance of taking that moment to stop everything and to assess where you're at and where you're moving. I I was just thinking about this word retreat, you know, and the, the word it comes from the army, right? Where you're you're mm-hmm. attacking and then you say, retreat, retreat. You stop everything. You go back to the home base. You assess what's going on. We're in safety. And then you make a new plan and move forward, right? And so there's, there's some magic in that, in stopping what you're doing and determining what is the, the real way you want to move forward, determining what are my real core values, not the core values that everyone told me they should be, not the core values that I've established because I'm trying to conform and fit in, but what are the core values that are present in my heart of hearts? And then am I aligned with them? Like you said, like, am I actually showing up in a way that is honoring these core values, right? And so to have the time and space to do that, is so valuable. And I think it is something that people should be doing like annually, because otherwise you're just moving forward and you're not taking the time to really ask yourself, am I moving forward in the way that is aligned? Am I really moving forward in a way that is setting me up to create the ideal life for me, the the life that is so aligned with my highest path? Um, So then to speak to the, the, Con- the consistent values of gay men, I, you know, we've already been bringing this subject up throughout this conversation because it's inevitable, which is around shame, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so much shame that is so deeply under the surface of many gay men's life. And that shame keeps many gay men from really expressing who they are. And that has been a, a major theme. Um, and within it, it it comes a protection that many gay men move through the world with, where their hearts are are somewhat closed off, right? And so a big part of the work that I love doing, both with my personal one-to-one retreats and with my group retreats, is supporting men to feel safe enough to open their hearts. Because there's so much magic and so much healing and so much alchemy that happens when one steps into the courage to open their heart and retreats create a very good supportive space to do that. So if somebody's listening right now and they hear you say to feel safe, to open your heart Mm. and that freezes them, Mm. what would you say? Well, I know what I would say. Okay, well, I want to hear what you would say, too. So one of the distinctions that I like to offer when I'm talking about open heartedness is that it doesn't have to be a switch. It doesn't have to be an on off switch to upgrade to a dimmer switch. Right. Right. So we aren't looking for you to walk through the world always with this huge open heart, super vulnerable to any schmuck who wants to pin you down and abuse you. So to to adjust your dimmer switch of open heartedness according to the safety that you experience, right? And sometimes 
it might feel uncomfortable in a room full of gay men for a gay man who has maybe been burned by many gay men to turn that dial up on his dimmer switch. And so it's also an invitation to question, is this actually unsafe or is it just uncomfortable? And if you are really in the game of expanding, of growing your consciousness, of growing personally, then I invite you into what might feel a little uncomfortable, but is truly safe in order for you to experience something new and see what gold rests there on the other side. All right. What's, what's your, what's your thought? My thought is to ask, where is that coming from? Mm. You? Yeah. Beautiful. Because it's coming from some space that has made you feel unsafe Yeah, to be open and vulnerable and, yeah. and to also say, what do you think might could happen on the other side if you did open mm -hmm. up? Yeah, Because they're either going to say this, I'm going to feel hurt. Okay. Well then we can start to talk through that. Mm -hmm. I, I always encourage, like, I would love to see you on the other side and not feel hurt. Mm -hmm. What if this is the first time you didn't experience hurt by being vulnerable? Mm -hmm. How would that feel? What would you be able to accomplish then? And, and we're all vulnerable. I mean, human beings, vulnerability is just part of our DNA. I mean, mm -hmm. Renee Brown couldn't have gotten where she got if she didn't write the book on it, so to speak, right? right. Mm -hmm. But when we start to embrace that vulnerability is one of the mm -hmm. greatest superpowers we own as a human being, it's what in, 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 in really just empowers us to take risks, mm -hmm. to be spontaneous, to like put ourselves in spaces that maybe we never would before. Mm -hmm. It was kind of ironic that we're even having this conversation because beginning of March, uh, in my other world where I coach, we were on a, a company retreat. Mm -hmm. And obviously this was the company retreat where everybody was just going to cry because I've never <laughs> seen so many people cry. And as a <laughs> team, it's kind of like, okay, so I'm going to kind of set the premise for everybody without, I'm not going to tell a lot of stories about everything because I want to protect my, my teammates, but we're a team that does, we do not work together. I don't mean like mm -hmm. we don't work together. Like we physically do not work in a space. We all work remotely. So first of all, our retreat is like, we actually get to like rub elbows and hug and, and mm -hmm. be with each other and see each other face to face in the real world, so to speak. Right. So that can be off-putting. There's some of us raising my hand here who are like, I'm actually an introvert. I know I do this freaking podcast and people are like, I can't believe you're an introvert. I'm like, yeah, I actually am a little, well, big introvert. I do very well at covering that up. Hmm. So there's that. There's new people who've never been part of the team that are meeting for the first time each year that, you know, because we are a growing company. And then there's all the dynamics of just being humans. And because mm -hmm. we don't have that daily dynamic of, uh, yes, we talk via Zoom and all that sort of stuff to each other a lot. But it doesn't make up for that. Like, let me feel you. Let me smell mm -hmm. you. Yeah. You know, you know, all that essence stuff that we need. Mm -hmm. And it was without a doubt, one of the most moving experiences I have ever had mm -hmm. in my life. Wow. Kicked off by our amazing. I'm just going to say our amazing meeting planner that works for the company. She's I mean, she's part of the team. Mm -hmm. But she plans this retreat every year and she just knocks it out of the park. And one of the most surprising things was a little video that she put together hmm. opening night of the retreat with messages from everybody's family. Wow. By why they're so happy that we get to work for this company. 
Oh, wow. It was like a surprise. Like you didn't. Yeah, know we that. had no idea. Oh, I mean, wow. as soon as the first wow. thing started playing, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like like mm. somebody's parents. And then it was somebody's spouse. And then it's wow. spouses and kids. And even as I'm saying this, I'm getting goosebumps. Right. Because you got to see the inner another piece of your teammate mm. that you've never the likelihood that we're ever going to meet each other's families is pretty slim. I, I mean, that. we've done a little bit of it. Right. Yeah. So, of mm. course, here's where little Ricky, like literally, mm. guys, little Ricky started showing up really quickly. Yes, mm. I am the only gay person on the team. I'm the only one out of the LGBTQ world on the team. And I don't hide mm -hmm. that. And everybody knows it. And everybody accepts my sassy, diva, <laughs> bitchy self at times. <laughs> well, maybe they don't accept the bitchiness. But they, I mean, <laughs> I, I actually got a cup at this retreat that says classy, sassy, and a little smart assy. So that kind of explains <laughs> how they see me, right? But little Ricky started showing up. I'm like, oh, 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 this is going to be interesting. Like, is it going to be my husband? Is it going to be my husband and my kids? I'm like, if she pulled mm. that off to get both my grown daughters part of this, I'm like, whoa. But then it's going to be my husband. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I started having this like petrified feeling, right? And mm. I'm like, Rick, what the fuck is wrong with you? They all know you have wow. a husband. Most of wow. them met him last year at the retreat because he popped in to say hello before he flew home. Mm. I'm like, what is going on here? But in that moment... It set me up to be completely vulnerable the rest of the time. Yeah. And I Beautiful. shared stuff with this team that I had never shared on any work team before. Hmm. And as we came into it, it was just like, okay. And I, I was shaking a few times throughout the whole thing. Hmm. But I'm so glad I was able to do it. Not because, hmm. oh, look what I did. I was out of space in my world where this served as my retreat. It served as a mm. retreat that I needed right then and there. Mm. And I'd invite I any story. gay guy listening to this today to like, don't feel like you're an island unto yourself or that you're, mm. you can't do this or you can't afford this. I mean, Will's got a retreat coming up that is a great space. It's a small group. It's what, 12 guys, 10 to 12 men. Uh -huh. yep. Yeah. Yep. It's not anything big. I mean, I did this with 40, 40 some teammates. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty big opening, right? Yeah. And what I love about that story and in general, this idea of finding the courage to be vulnerable in these group settings is that when we do it and on the other side, like you were mentioning, you are still safe, that you didn't get hurt. We are literally reprogramming our, our nervous system. We are, we are learning that that's possible. Right. And the more that yep. we do that, the more our nervous system registers like, oh, actually, I can be vulnerable. And not only do I not get abandoned or made fun of or rejected, but I actually create deeper connections with myself and the people around me. And mm -hmm. so then we are more willing and more excited about doing it throughout our lives and, you know, in, in real time, not just in these safe spaces, retreat spaces. Well, and also helps you learn the power of connection. Yeah. One of the teammates, Brand new teammate. And I, I think I told this story on Life Uncloseted, but it's I think it's worth like really showing how you can create connections and be in a situation where you're like, I don't know, I don't know. Really, what, what I will say now, really great guy. 
Mm-hmm. And he came into this and I'm like, I didn't know him. I knew he was on the team. I'd seen him a couple of times on, you know, Zoom, which of course that's always interesting. I'm like, oh my God, you're shorter or you're taller or you're, well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Right. And okay. So this is the, here's the, the true gay Rick showing up and he walks in. I'm like, damn, he's hot. He is <laughs> just really hot. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, definitely an athletic guy, definitely kind of a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. but not like over like. I mean, he just a tight, like gymnast, let's just go gymnast body type, okay. right? Got it. I'm seeing it. Yep. Yeah. He's beautiful smile, really well put mm. together. But I was kind of like, I don't know if this guy's going to accept me because I'm mm. the gay guy on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I'm looking at him and going, wait, there's something in there. Mm. There's something in there that's not, it's like being sheltered too, right? Mm. So for the first couple of days, there's this kind of like, just kind of like, Every so often he, I'd be looking at him and then he'd look at me and I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know. Hmm. And then we had this really amazing moment where he said, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. Hmm. And he said, I didn't know if you like me. And I said, I'm sorry if that's how you're feeling. I said, I've been trying to like really understand you and try to figure out a way to like talk to you and we were doing a team exercise so this is how this whole thing started to unfold yeah and i'm like whoa because i mean the team exercise was pretty deep like tell me something you feel right now and that's where he went right yeah yeah wow well then we shifted partners and then the whole time we kept looking at each other and we're like as Mm -hmm. soon as it's over like we both made a beeline for each other and like we gotta we gotta finish talking wow and by the time it was all said and done i mean there's this this bond Mm -hmm. between us a beautiful heart-centered heartfelt deep sort of like i mean he's he's my man my man not my man like that guys get to yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't complain about that either but yeah uh, like Like there's a a bond brotherhood bond here like i see you and you know he even said he goes i see you and i really uh, he goes you just are a mentor to me now and you help me see things i'm like right back at you buddy but it's so interesting had we both stayed in our corners, so to speak. Mm-hmm. None mm-hmm. of this could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys had the courage to actually face what was going on under the surface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the biggest things in our work that you see, I see. And I love I love our community. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying lesbians, bisexuals, transgenders, gender nonconforming, all that doesn't deal with this. But probably because I'm a gay man, I see this wounding so much mm-hmm. and this ability to open up and be vulnerable, this mm-hmm. ability to say, I mean, even if it's on a freaking app, like I'm just not into you and don't take it personally. I'm just, you're just, I'm not into you, mm-hmm. but no, we can't take that because that's another oh wound. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is the beauty of finding some spaces like a retreat that you're doing or anywhere to do the work. Mm-hmm. Because you will grow so much through it and you will see such a beauty. I saw, I will, I see a whole different side of myself from that interaction. Wow. Yeah. And a couple of other things that happened that like, I am so much open when I went into that retreat, I was really down. Mm. Well, I've been sick as most of the listeners know with the stroke and everything. And I, I, right before I went to the retreat, I was in the ER. I'm like, are you kidding me? Here we go again. Right. Luckily it was good. Nothing major there. So I went into the retreat, like, not feeling well and lots of dizziness and vertigo. I'm like, I don't even know I should get on a plane. Right. Yeah. So I was not myself. 
And the people are like, who's this guy that's always cracking jokes and cracking us all up? And he is sitting there sullen. And like, I was like, mm. sorry, I, I'm just not here right now, folks. I mean, there's times I was literally sitting there like just zoned. Like, I don't even know if I was taking in what was happening. Right. So I'm not making excuses, but that's where my head was. Yet I came into the retreat, like really bummed out about my new book, mm. like afraid to let it like even become anything, mm -hmm. afraid to go out there and put it into the world. Mm. And right before I left, I had sent it to like six previewers. And I'm like, these are people that I trust and not just sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. A couple of them are people I don't really know a whole lot about other than we're good acquaintance. I'm like, I'd like to have an acquaintance that doesn't really know me super well to see how this goes. Mm -hmm. And then some people I'm like, just, I think you're going to like, you're going to take it for what it is. And probably if you were reading this book, this would do you some really good. Great. But I went into the retreat, like, I'm not, this book is, it's done. Cool. It's done. I don't know if it's going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then I got back, opened up in a lot of ways, had a couple of other conversations with teammates that opened me up even more after we got back. Mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to reach out to all my previewers and say, so what do you think? I had been like, mm -mm. I gave you time. Oh, that's okay. If you're not done, that's okay. Oh, mm -hmm. that's okay. If you're not done, that's okay. I did it for three months. I said, I want to, you know, if you guys can do this by the middle of end of January, middle of February, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, then the next one was, well, why the middle of March? <laughs> Will, I was avoiding. Yeah. I was so avoiding the rejection, right? Sure. That retreat opened me up so much that the first week back, I sent an email to each one and said, hey, I'm not putting the pressure on you, but I'd really like your feedback. I need yeah. it by the end of the week because nice. I need to move this thing forward. Nice. Okay. So that happens. That was yeah. the beginning of March. <laughs> yeah. I sat on it again because all the stuff started coming in. And I'm like, wow, some people recorded stuff and other people sent me stuff. I'm like, I'm just putting it in a folder. But because again, I don't want to deal with the rejection. Oh, I okay. wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Finally, I had a conversation with someone who said, literally, what the fuck is wrong with you, Rick? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, you're a good writer. People say they love it when you write. They say you see things. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. So one of my best friends was one of the reviewers. Mm. And I have to say, I was so scared to listen because I know he's, he can be really critical and good at critical. Mm -hmm. By the time I list, finished listening to his 15-minute feedback, wow, I was in tears. Mm. Because the only critical was stuff that was going to add so much good to the direction of the book. Wow. And this is what happens, guys, if we don't give ourselves space, even if rejection is part of it, mm -hmm. to be open and be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We hold ourselves back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have Will on here is because I felt like having a conversation about being vulnerable as a drag queen and continuing mm -hmm. to go do what you do mm -hmm. and showing up in the world where it seems like everything is kind of a force against us right now. Or stepping out of your routine, stepping out of that space where you don't feel safe to be open, go do it. Yes. And all these experiences are opportunities for us to keep becoming more and more resilient. And we already are resilient people as gay and queer mm -hmm. men over 40. We're mm -hmm. pretty resilient. Yeah. And so these opportunities just make us even more so. And, and the more that we can tap into our courage and have positive results on the other side, it just keeps building and expanding and we keep being more and more authentic, self-expressed, aligned versions of ourselves.
It's a gift. In fact, I love that you painted the metaphorical picture and I would challenge every guy. If you have a home that has dimmer switches, whether they're the slide up and down or the dial ones, the next time you're feeling down, find that dimmer switch, mm -hmm. grab a hold of it and turn it up. Mm -hmm. Literally physically turn it up and let the light come out. Yeah. See what it does for you. Mm. Yes. Because guess what? Every one of us has that dimmer switch. And we do. We put ourselves down. We hold ourselves back. We say we're not good enough. I can't ask that guy out. I can't do this mm -hmm. job. Blah, blah, blah. I can't, I can't put this book out in the world. What will somebody say? Mm -hmm. But when we do that, we are, we are we are literally depriving the world of our amazing beauty and what we have to bring to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that light wants to shine through. We it just got to give it permission through. to shine. So before we wrap up here, we'll tell everybody about your retreat, when it is, how they can find out more about it. Cause I, we've talked a lot about retreats. Let's yeah. make something happen here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So yeah, the retreat is called hearts alive and it is for 10 to 12 GBTQ men. It's happening in Idlewild, California, the beautiful mountains on August 11th to 14th. And it's just going to be a beautiful time to get into nature, to connect with ourselves, to connect with like-minded folks, to heal parts of ourselves that want to be healed and to, you know, step into more expressed, more joyful, more at peace versions of ourselves. And that's what we're up to. And it's going to be a lot of fun too. I, I lead with a focus of on playfulness and fun and celebration. So although there will be some deep work, there's also going to be a lot of celebration. Well, that's the thing. Everybody thinks, oh, you go to these, these things and it's going to be deep, 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 deep. Mm -mm. No. Everyone I've been involved in, it's deep work and fun and celebration. Yeah. You got to keep it balanced. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you're going to honestly, just from the inside of running these things, mm -hmm. you can't take people down to the depth and leave yeah. it there. No. You, you got to take them down to the up. deep, come them back up, celebrate yeah. what been done and um all that amazing stuff so i hope that somebody's listening to this will see the beauty of considering doing something like that i forgot to say they to can find it they can find it at wil-fullyliving.com and then just click on events and we're going to have it on the podcast page as well awesome. guys but i would love it if you like really did look look ahead see what you could do if you gave yourself full permission to do something like this and be a part of it. So um, any parting words, Will, before we wrap no, up? No, this has been such a joy. Oh, yeah, well, wait, we so didn't much. talk about you. We didn't really talk about your podcast either. Fellow oh. podcaster, fellow podcaster, what's your podcast? <laughs> I would love people to so, get a sense for that too. Thank you. Yeah, so it's called Queerly Beloved and it is about queerness and spirituality and sort of the cross-section of those two worlds. So I talk with a lot of queer folks who work within the spiritual development or personal growth um, con communities, and we get super woo, and we have a lot of fun, and we just, uh, yeah, we, we, we dive deep into spirit and queerness. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing yourself with my audience, man. And my if anybody wants to connect with Will, all of his websites and everything will be there because Rick can't coach everybody. Let's just be real. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't. Y'all bitches are a lot to handle. <laughs> so uh, I love every one of you. But um, again, mm -hmm. thanks so much, Will, for sharing of yourself and thank being you. who you are and being that light in the world. Appreciate mm -hmm. you, man. 
Thanks. Much love, Rick. That's a wrap for 40 Plus. Gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.